Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you would like to help us out. And please stand up for the Hindu yoga dharma. Today's podcast, Punch Tattvas. Five vital life principles in general and specifically from the Hindu yoga dharma. These five principles will help one to navigate through life in a fairly successful way. And with a little reflection, one will see that without these five principles in one's life, one's life will be less than successful at best and even chaotic and dishonest. So let's go through them. One, wisdom. Two, judgment. Three, critical thinking. Four, logic and reasoning. Five, generalities and specifics. Now, in the Hindu yoga dharma specifically, wisdom would be samadhi. Judgment, vichara. Critical think, Vivek, logic and reasoning, Vitarka, generalities and specifics, Sarvesham and Visesa. So let's begin with wisdom. Now, I don't think anyone would want to be unwise. So let's look at the definition of wisdom the ability to recognize. Difference. Right away, this debunks many New Age or Universalist views of we are all one, no division, no labels, no separations. When in fact, the very meaning of the word wisdom, to be wise, is the ability to recognize difference. We are all unique individuals. You did not choose your sport, your hobby, your profession, your spouse perhaps, because they were the same as everyone else, but because of the difference. Now in the Hindu yoga, dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, one of the words we use for a goal is samadhi, which means calm wisdom. In other words, acquiring this ability to discern or recognize difference. Step two, judgment. Right away, this again debunks the New Age or the Universalist notion of do not judge, which is a judgment. So let's look at the definition of judgment. The ability to make wise Decisions. See how these build one upon the other? So having recognized difference, the ability to make wise decisions. Hopefully as parents and teachers, one teaches their young, their students, to make sound decisions. Sound judgment. Certainly when they get behind the wheel of an automobile, we want to exercise sound judgment. 
In the Hindu yoga dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, this is actually the second sign of someone who has calm wisdom or samadhi, vichara, judgment. The ability to make wise decisions. Step three, critical thinking, which in the Hindu yoga dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, we say vivek, discrimination. This became the name for the sw famous Swami Vivekananda. The ability to, to discriminate, again, building upon wisdom and judgment, the ability to recognize differences, make sound decisions, to discriminate, vivek, critical thinking. Often when people hear the word discriminate, one takes it in the negative. And of course, we do not want to erroneously or negatively discriminate against an individual, a whole group of people. But discrimination and judgment, again, is the ability to recognize, discern differences, which is actually having a sense of respect, discriminating between what is true and what is false, what is untrue, what is real? What is imitation? What is spurious? What is phony, if you will? That's why in the Hindu yoga dharma, we often say, asato ma sad gamaya, tamaso ma jyotir gamaya. Lead me from untruth to truth, from ignorance to a more enlightened state of being. This was quoted in the Hindu Vedas and Upanishads thousands of years ago. So it was as relevant then as it is today. So let's look at critical thinking. Thinking, of course, obviously, a good thing to do. Sometimes we need to be more discerning, though, in our thinking. One may go to a hospital, for example, or an emergency room, or an outpatient clinic to take care of something in a minor way, relatively minor. But then there's a time for the critical care unit. So too with thinking. Sometimes we have to exercise deep thought, critical thinking. So the definition is pregnant with meaning. Ready? The need to distinguish between rational and irrational beliefs through logic and a thorough testing of the claims made. Let's go through that once again. Critical thinking is the need to distinguish between rational and irrational beliefs through logic and a thorough testing of the claims made. Notice again how we have built upon wisdom and judgment. Notice too in the definition for critical thinking is the word belief. We all have them. Be extremely suspicious of anyone like the 
ubiquitous modern sad, pun intended, guru, who says, or they say, we have no beliefs. Be assured you're being set up for the beliefs of the cult leader, if you will. Beliefs and faiths are important aspects of all of our lives. But it's also important that we understand that a belief starts as an initial assumption or hypothesis in the scientific method. But we want to carry our beliefs through a series of testing, critical thinking, wisdom, judgment, till we arrive at a conclusion. And then, of course, always keep an open mind because things do change. But we all have beliefs which starts out as assumptions. And we want to carry them through to convictions and not stay merely in the assumption or hypothesis mode. So too with faith. Faith is very important. We all have hope in life. That's the initial stage of faith. If we didn't have hope, we wouldn't really be able to navigate through many of the days of our lives, especially in times of sorrow and suffering. But we don't want to just stay in the state of hope. We want to carry that through to more or less a guarantee. This would be visibas in Sanskrit. A sense of breathing easy and letting go, having initially started with an asha, with a hope about someone or something. So through time and testing, you all know that when you live with someone for decades perhaps, your initial hopes become more or less a guarantee. You can breathe easy. You can pretty much, though we always have to be open for, uh, as individuals, we can do most anything, sadly. Pretty much count on each other after we've known each other for years. We have a certain guarantee. We're letting go and breathing easy. A visivas, which begins as hope. So again, belief and faith, extremely important in our lives. and the lives of the other animals, too. Those of you that have pets, you know they have great faith in you. They have hope in you that you will take care of them. They have certain beliefs about you. And it's up to us to prove them out by being compassionate and loving pet owners. Notice, too, in this profound definition for critical thinking, through logic and a thorough testing of the claims made. Which brings us to step four, logic or reasoning. Actually, in the Hindu yoga dharma, this is the first sign of someone with calm wisdom, and therefore a way to it. Vitarka, reason, logic. Say to yourself, does it make sense? Is it reasonable or is it unreasonable? Is it logical or illogical? Actually, in the Hindu yoga dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, we have six orthodox systems of Hindu philosophy And we often look to the first one, Nyaya, which is the logic of logic, the philosophy of logic. And some of you who are in the spurious yoga movement of today are familiar with one of these philosophies. We call them darshanas or insights. The yoga darshana, the yoga sutras, the Raja Yoga of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali. So in these six orthodox systems, we have Nyaya, Visesika, Mimamsa, Vedanta, Sankhya, Yoga. Basically logic, the objects of logic, 
important rituals and why we do them, the end conclusion of the Vedas, the science of enumeration, and putting it all into practice in the Yoga Sutras. Remember that yoga is a Sanskrit Tamil Hindu word, yogam, and it profoundly means to yoke, Y-O-K-E, to one's atmana, which is the Hindu word for soul, if you will. It's a bit different. And then to a greater source, which Hindus call Brahman, which is not God. Notice now how we are really employing wisdom and judgment and critical thinking and logic and reasoning. So let's look at the logic of logic. And because it is logical, it should stand true no matter what language one uses. So in classic Western logic, using English, which is of course a secular language, we have perception, inference, comparison, testimony, a fourfold process to arrive at a relatively safe conclusion about something, someone. Perception, inference, comparison, testimony. You see it first. You see a thing. You see an individual. You perceive it, perception. Then you have your afterthought or your inference when you think about that thing or that person, inference. Then often comparison comes into play as you compare one thing to another, one person to another. And finally you get testimony. You get verbal conviction. Perception, inference, comparison, testimony. You can use this logic of logic to carry you through life. Imagine, for example, if you want to purchase a, a new vehicle. So you first see it, perception. Then you do your homework. You find out the specifications, the gas mileage, the price. Then you compare it perhaps with other similar models. And then you may get a final testimony from someone who has a similar vehicle, and you ask them, how do you like this? It's a pretty, way, pretty sound way, using wisdom and judgment, critical thinking, to arrive at a, a necessary, successful conclusion. Perception, inference, comparison, testimony. Now, in the Hindu yoga, dharma, we see this in the Nyaya philosophy, detailed as prataksha, anumana, Upamana, Sabta, same thing, perception, inference, comparison, testimony, Prataksha, perception, Anumana, which literally means the afterthought or inference, Upamana, or next to thought or comparison, and then Sabta is testimony, Prataksha, Anumana, Upamana, Sabta, perception, inference, comparison, testimony, which leads us to the, the fifth of these vital life principles, understanding the difference between generalities and specifics, sarvesham and visesa. And note we've been doing this throughout. This is extremely important for we often make this mistake, even those with High intellectual credentials, for example, often make this mistake of confusing generalities and specifics. Notice again that in general, we listed these five life principles. Wisdom, judgment, critical thinking, 
logic, and generalities and specifics. Now specifically, these five are found in the Hindu Yoga Dharma. We would term them the Panch Tattvas as Samadhi, Vicharka, Vivek, Vitarka, Sarvesham, Visesa, respectively. Wisdom, judgment, critical thinking, logic and reasoning, generalities and specifics. I'm sure now you can think of some very simple examples of this confusion of generalities and specifics. Relevantly, in the various religions of the world, using English, all the religions of the world are recognized by their devotions. It's a general term. However, Mass is specifically Christian and specifically Catholic Christian. Puja is specifically Hindu. Meditation, for example, is in general simply a word that means to concentrate. One can concentrate on anything. Now, when the word meditation is associated with something in the religious realm or the spiritual realm, one can see this displayed in the various religions of the world in general. And specifically in the Hindu yoga dharma, we would call this area Raja Yoga, Dharana and Dhyana. And look at the words religion and spirituality. Religion is a very general term. Specifically, one would speak of Hindu, Buddhist, Jain, Sikh, Shinto, Taoist, Confucianism, Zoroastrianism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Native American traditions, Aboriginal traditions, religious traditions of the Eskimos, and on and on and on. And when it comes to the word spiritual, this is often very much misused when in fact the word spirit, spiritual, and even soul refer to something that is incorporeal, which means not the body. So again, often misusing this word spiritual when literally no body can be spiritual. It is actually religion which comes from the root religio, to link or to bind, that is the external process to lead to perhaps an internal experience of that which is beyond the body. Now, soul is also a very general term. And for Hindus, specifically, we would use the term atmana. There is a similarity there, but there's also a difference. For the English words spirit and soul, are still connected to the psyche or the mind, whereas the Atmana to the Hindus is literally not the mind, the Atmana, and obviously not the body or emotions either. It's an independent being temporarily inhabiting a body, mind, and emotions, the Atmana. See how we often confuse generalities and specifics? It can land us into a world of confusion at best and actual dishonesty. And again, 
Even those with other high intellectual achievements in life often make this mistake. Here's a little anecdote. Everyone has heard of the infamous Deepak Chopra, who often confuses generalities and specifics, as many New Age, if you will, people do, who are actually taking everything from the Hindu Dharma, very specific Hindu Dharma, Hindu Yoga Dharma, and then making it very generalized or even reinventing it just to suit their own agenda. So over 25 years ago, I happened to have a, a very terse email conversation with the infamous Deepak Chopra when I simply asked him why he used terms like namaste and shanti and yoga and never once gave credence to the Hindu dharma, Hinduism. And by the way, the infamous Eckhart Tolle, he also does the same thing. He actually calls his publishing company namaste. And are these people Hindus and are they openly stating that they're teaching Hinduism? Of course not. So when I asked Deepak in a short email why he never recognized Hindu Dharma, he simply abruptly wrote back, do you think only Hindus have devotion? Of course not. See the confusion? No. Devotion is a very general term, but namaste is a specific term. That's a Sanskrit term. Yoga is a specific term. That's a Sanskrit Hindu Tamil word, yoga, yogam. Which brings us to today's so-called yoga, which is a blatant misunderstanding, not only of wisdom, judgment, critical thinking, and logic, but of this confusion of generalities and specifics. Exercise is a general term. Stretching exercises, a general term. Yoga, however, is a very specific term. So now using our punch tattvas, our five vital life principles, wisdom and judgment, critical thinking, logic, generalities and specifics, we now look at this word yoga. What language is it? It's a specific language, Sanskrit and Tamil yogam. And what is Sanskrit? By definition, the ancient Arya language of the Hindus. You see another term there that's been distorted? Arya, it really has nothing to do with a race or Germany. Arya is a Sanskrit Hindu term which means noble. So the very definition of Sanskrit is the ancient Arya or noble language of the Hindus. It's a religious language. Therefore, specifically using any Sanskrit term, one, if they are honest, must recognize that this is specifically about the Hindu dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion. So yoga is a Sanskrit word. And the definition of yoga is yuj atman brahman cha. Again, to yoke, Y-O-K-E, or join, to one's atmana, our Hindu understanding of the soul or the spirit, if you will. And then to brahman, which is not God. Brahman is a greater source, a neuter term, for the greater forces of what is the atmana. So with this one word, Yoga, which has been totally confused due to a lack of wisdom and judgment and critical thinking and irrationality, Ill logic, 
and a distortion of generalities and specifics. This one word, yoga, defines what it is essentially to be a Hindu. To find one's atmana or soul and then soul source. So then we have to obviously define what is the atmana to the Hindus, which in general in other religions and using English is termed the soul of the spirit. And we succinctly define what is this atmana. In general, it's love and light and energy. Specifically, it's sat chit ananda, pure existence, pure consciousness. Sat chid, pure energy and knowledge, sound energy, light energy, heat energy, which becomes the human emotion of bliss, ananda. Sat chit ananda defines the atmana. Or, in English, love, light, and energy. Om, this are we, with emotions, mind, and body. Not respecting the specifics of life is to make a very grave, disrespectful, and dishonest mistake, injustice, if you will. And please remember that God is a very specific term and should never be used in a superficial way or a general way. God is a Christian term, Anglo-Saxon, and it refers to a one male, as opposed to goddess, creator being noun. It's not for nothing that Christians will say, Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. It is not our mother who art in heaven, thy queendom come. So to use God as a general term is very insulting, actually, to the Christians. Orthodox Jews, for example, will say Yahweh or nothing at all. Orthodox Muslims will say Allah. So especially for Hindus to use the word God in a very general way, it's actually insulting to both Christianity and Hinduism. For as Hindus, you have many specific terms that actually were around far longer than the Anglo-Saxon word God, which has actually only been around for about 1,500 years ago. So there's a very interesting conversation starter. Prior to 1,500 years ago, God didn't exist. So for Hindus, we have terms like Brahman, which is a neuter term. It's a being verb, not noun for the greater forces of Satchit-ananda. And then we have many, many other terms, Sanskrit, Tamil terms, Ishvara for Brahma and Vishnu and Shiva, and Ishvari for Saraswati, and Lakshmi and Durga Parvati, respectively. Then every Hindu has their Ishtadevata, their chosen valued deity, like Ganapati or Muruga, Shiva Parvati, Krishna, Vishnu, Lakshmi, Hanuman, Sitaram, Santoshima. So again, importantly, using wisdom, judgment, critical thinking, logic, and understanding the difference between generalities and specifics, unless one is a Christian, God should not be part of the lexicon, especially all you Hindus out there. So why not strive to exercise in our life wisdom and judgment and critical thinking and logic and reasoning, discern between generalities and specifics. And to all of the fellow Hindus out there, recognize the profound wisdom of the Hindu yoga, 
dharma and stand up for it. Samadhi, vichara, vivek, vitarka, sarvesham, visesa. And strive to go from untruth to truth, recognize our ignorance to our ongoing enlightenment, and tap into the inner experience of bliss, ananda, satchit, ananda. So as Hindus we would say, and end with asato ma sad gamaya, tamaso ma jyotir gamaya, mrityor ma amritam gamaya, om, peace, peace, peace in general, specifically to Hindus, shanti, shanti, shanti. And remember, in general, Peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Have a wise day, a day of making sound judgments, exercising critical thinking, striving to be logical and rational, and respect the differences between generalities and specifics. And be at peace. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti.